Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Today, a listener writes in and they ask, Can you please help me understand what biblical beauty is and how it relates to gender roles and the God who makes all beauty in his world? Beauty. It's a word that's loaded with meaning. To many in our culture, influenced by the Greco-Roman idea of beauty, beauty is about a perfectly sculpted body. It's, It's hiring a whole team of people to make you physically attractive to now someone of the same gender or the opposite sex. But biblical beauty is the opposite of this. Biblical beauty is concerned not only with the outside, but especially with the inside, and that's significant. Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I was confronted head-on with the world's definition of beauty. Seattle is a city awash in New Age thinking and theology. It is a place where anyone can be tolerated except Christians. There are few places on the planet that are that are more beautiful than Seattle, but also very few places that are as spiritually oppressive as Seattle. Well, I'm not saying this as a as a casual observer to Seattle. I, I was born in Seattle. I was raised in Seattle. When it comes to talking about Seattle, I, I know what I'm talking about. And Seattle is also one of the top three most liberal cities in the United States, next to San Francisco and at the top of that list, Boston. Beauty abounds in Seattle. There are few things more beautiful than a clear sunset at the pier there, which I often enjoy. There are few things more beautiful than the view where I lived as a teenager, looking out over Lake Sammamish and in the far distance to Mount Rainier from my parents' home in Bellevue, Washington. Even now in Southern California, there, there are few things at as nice as the sunrise, even if you're not near the beach at all. The beauty of it is captivating. Well, we often think of beauty in our day as as a physical body or nature, but it's not just physical beauty or the natural body that God is concerned with. After all, he orders all the creation to function as he intends, without his sovereign hand moving and shaping all of history According to his sovereign will, history would come to a crashing halt. And yet, history continues moment after moment, day after day, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, and century after century because of the Lord. People come and people go. The Lord remains. Great is the Lord and worthy of all praise. You see, within the doctrine of creation, we see that God created men and women in his image and likeness. And there we see that God says that he saw that it was good. He didn't say it may appear good, but that he saw it was good. You see, God created the world as we know it in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. Creation in a biblical worldview is not an accident. It has an intentional design and a shape. And on one of those first six days, God created Adam from the dust, breathing life into his into Adam's lungs and making him in his image and likeness. And then the Lord saw that it was not right that man to be alone. And so he took from Adam's rib and made Eve. See, God created Adam first and then women Eve. He established the parameters of the relationship when he commanded Adam to lead in the garden, naming everything therein. Adam was designed to lead in the home, and Eve was to be his helpmate. Within theology, there's a view called complementarianism, a perspective on gender roles that says men and women 
are equal in dignity, value, and worth, but distinct in function and role. You see, men and women were designed to function differently. Men as men and women as women. And God saw that it, that was good. And this brings up an important point and one that is not often considered within discussions on complementarianism as it pertains to beauty. We often want to focus on defining very clearly and rightly so. And, and you'll never hear me say otherwise than that. What we mean by a biblical perspective on gender roles. Now, there are reasons we don't believe a woman is to be a pastor. And those are biblically grounded and they use proper sound hermeneutics. But even more so, we see a difference between the gender and how they are to function. We don't believe that a woman should function as a man, as complementarians, because she was uh, explicitly assigned a specific gender. But neither do we believe that, that women are insignificant or unequal in worth, dignity, and value. We do not think that women should be ignored, looked down upon, made light of, tossed aside, abused, or in any way neglected by their husbands or the local church leaders and officers. And it's significant to bring up what I just did for the following reason. Well, sometimes it's thought that complementarians are against women, and, and that's just that's just hogwash. It's just not true. Complementarians uphold what the Bible teaches and and want men and women to function according to their God-given design. Complementarians are not for domestic abuse. We, we have never been for domestic abuse. They are not for a man yelling at his wife or a wife screaming at her husband or children yelling at their parents or on and on we could go. Abuse in any form is wrong. And abuse in any form is an assault on the glory of God who created men and women in his image and likeness. You see, when we engage in ways that are sinful, we need to repent. When we sin, we distort the beauty of God and revert to behavior in line with the fall instead of the new creations that we are now in Christ. And that's where we're becoming day by day, conformed into the image of Christ. Biblical beauty, it fights against pornography, against sex trafficking, and so on and so forth. Because God created men and women in his image and his likeness. Pornography is an assault on the glory of God. God created men and women to mirror him. And instead of reflecting him, we chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We craved, even longed for, and still do, this for satisfaction apart from God. And what he offers in this person as God, creator and Lord, is beauty. He gives us meaning and true satisfaction, but not according to the world's design and methods. But according to the intended design he established in the created order. You see, the Lord God does not make mistakes. He is faithful to the full revelation of his person. That is, God says he's holy, which theologians call the controlling attribute of God's character. And God's holiness means that he cannot lie. For example, for to do so would be against his divine revelation, a sin. And if God sins, that means he could change his mind, which would undermine his faithfulness. But biblical beauty sees God as God, as he has revealed himself in the word of God. It considers the whore of the cross as beautiful. And now, that was shocked many people that the cross is a form of beauty, but it is. The Lord Jesus, fully God and fully man, was slaughtered as the innocent lamb of God in the place of sinners and for their sin. Why? Well, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, we can see the first gospel given in Genesis 3.15. And if we read the Old Testament, we see not much that is beautiful at all. 
We see a lot of sin in the books of history in particular, but even so, we see beauty. So what am I saying here? Simply put, God is God. God is beautiful. The Lord God is the creator and he creates to make things beautiful. All of creation is beautiful in the eyes of God. In particular, men and women who are made in his image and his likeness. Well, sure, we live in a mess up fallen world and, and we all know that to be true. But God loves that world. He created it. He created it. But does God love the fact that our world has fallen into sin and dismay? No. But even so, he, he still loves the creation he made. He is the Lord over it. He could wipe us all out with a a whisper or a roar of his mouth or just a thought and no sound at all. He would then begin again with a word of his command and yet he doesn't. God is God and God is good. And at the heart of the contemporary culture's fascination with beauty, whether from magazines to movies, is a fundamental problem with their view of God. A high view of God, and what I mean by that is a right and biblical view of God, leads to a right and a biblical view of his person and the totality of his work. And if we have a faulty view of God himself, we will not be able to understand why Jesus came, why Jesus died, and why Jesus rose again, and even now, why Jesus is our ascended and soon returning Lord. And neither will we have eyes to see, ears to hear, nor be able to know and grow in the truth of the word. And that one, that's what makes God, God. Only God can open the eyes of the blind and give them sight. Only the Lord God can bring the truth of the gospel, inaugurated in and brought to its conclusion one day by Christ himself. In other words, only God saves because God wins in the end. God created a life. He alone brings life to an end. And everywhere in between is God himself who makes all things beautiful since he made all things function according to makes all things function according to his sovereign purposes for his glory. See, so whether we are considering the topic of the design and the intent of biblical gender roles or any other matter, God is God. He established man to be a man or a, a, a man to be a man and a woman to be a woman. Complementarians most faithfully explain these truths. Because it grounds its explanation, complementarian does, not in what we think the relevant biblical passages may mean, but instead in the teaching of Scripture itself. And it does so for a reason. So men and women can function according to their God-given, specifically assigned gender, and be used in ways that correspond to that gender for the good of others and for the benefit of civil- civilization, for the praise and glory of God. Well, biblical beauty, it, it really matters. God makes all things beautiful in time. After all, he takes what was meant for evil and he turns it around and he uses it for our good to grow us in his grace so that we can be a blessing to others. God is not in it to hurt us, although sometimes he needs to bring us low to humble us, which, let's be real, that hurts, hurts a lot. And he does that to show us that we are the creature and he is the creator. So we will either bow to him and acknowledge his lordship or he will reveal our absolute frailty and need. And either way, God wins, and all will bow to him on that final day. God is God, and he alone is Lord in and over all. He is sovereign over everything, and God alone is worthy of our praise. God is beautiful in all that he does, including in the person and work of Jesus. Jesus, the sinless Lamb of God, is the best demonstration of the beauty of God at work in his story, story of redemption. And Jesus alone demonstrated the depths God is in it for, not just to win it, but to show his beauty in the world. You see, Jesus uses his people, sinners in need of a Savior, being transformed by his grace for the praise of his great name and the joy of all peoples on the earth. 
Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.